What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week, Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to get in on the action. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the latest Damian Lillard trade chatter. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to use the word rumors. We're just talking about Dame trades. That's basically, this podcast is just is just dissecting ideas around Dame trades. But there's been some reporting from Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, and we will uh, discuss that latest reporting here in the first segment. In the second segment, I want to talk about Norman Powell. Uh, reports from Yahoo Sports and Norman Powell is going to opt out. Duh! And the Blazers are going to make him their top priority. I think, uh, depending on how you read that report, I think it could have a larger implication. And then to close the show, we'll talk about the NBA Finals. But before we get to Larry O'Brien trophies, let's talk about what's going on here in Portland. A story today from Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer. Broke down sort of all of the angles of the Damian Lillard saga, including, uh, you know, Dame potentially getting traded, CJ McCollum potentially getting traded, uh, how other teams are viewing it, etc., etc. Worth reading. Go to the ringer. Uh, Kevin O'Connor is a a good reporter. He's plugged in. He's like a known Blazer skeptic. Um, So I don't I don't know if he's like loved in every fan circle, but uh, the dude is a really smart basketball mind. And other than being a little trolly towards the Portland Trailblazers, like he's he's plugged in and knows a bunch of stuff. Uh, So recommend reading uh, Kevin O'Connor's piece on the ringer. It it, it goes through uh, a various permutations of what the Blazers summer kind of means. Uh, I, I think the sort of big takeaways are that uh, other rival executives around the league, according to O'Connor, don't expect Dame to get traded this offseason. That's kind of how, um, prior to sort of Dame's most recent language um, publicly, we kind of assumed here on Lockdown Blazers was that, uh, you know, he's, he's an exit is coming, but it'll come next summer. Like he'll give the Blazers one more shot at it. And then it sounds like it'll get really urgent. And I think that's according to O'Connor seems to be the, the flavor around the league. Things change really quickly. Like this could, this things are super fluid. Um, and depending on what happens with the rest of the Blazers roster might inform Damian Lowe's decision. But I think, um, it makes totally logical sense. And also if, if O'Connor's hearing, if KOC is hearing that, uh, um, I am, I am, uh, you know, inclined to trust him, certainly. But O'Connor also says that multiple front offices um, say that the Miami Heat, Sacramento Kings, New York Knicks, Houston Rockets, and Philadelphia 76ers have been the most aggressive suitors for Damian Lillard. Like, hey, listen, we know it's possible. Like, we we, we too hear the rumblings and we know it's possible, so let's talk. Um, love to see the Sacramento Kings on this list. In fact, I was on Locked on Kings with Matt George, who was very excited to see the, to see the Kings linked to a star player rumor. I don't know how the Kings get that done. Uh, Damian Lillard for De'Aaron Fox plus a whole bunch of picks is an interesting trade, um, but certainly probably not the just... Maybe not the the best you could possibly do, but um, curious to see that that that's a, a name on the list. Um, I think really moreover, more than like these these teams, like the Knicks are always going to be linked. Uh, the Sixers obviously are going to be super linked here. The Heat are somehow linked to every single player who's available. Uh, it's kind of one how the Heat do business, and two like it's it's Miami for some reason. That's it's always been that way. Uh, the Rockets obviously they've been getting cheaper and 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 uh, 
in theory, could be creating this space. They've got a bunch of assets. They could they could make it happen. But more than like dissecting, we need to dissect like why this why this would work for these teams because we you know we might be a full year away from from the, this this group happening. And certainly, if they're aggressive now, you can assume that most of these teams will set themselves up to still be aggressive in the summer of 2022. Should that happen? But I think uh, sort of the most notable thing here from Kevin O'Connor from uh, and again read the, read the story. He breaks down sort of the CJ for Ben Simmons idea, noting that the Sixers would rather trade for Dame than trade Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, like the guard they're after. After, as Mark Stein previously reported, is is where's zero, not three. But but I think uh, O'Connor points out something that I, I find. Um, I think a couple of listeners have pointed out to me, but uh, uh, we maybe haven't discussed in depth on this podcast, so I should I should mention it here clearly. Is that Damon Lord under contract for four more seasons makes him really desirable to trade for. Uh, you get a guy who's on your team, and 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 even if he's not super thrilled with the situation, say he says I want to go to these three places, but he gets Paul George and sent to OKC or the equivalent, the Sacramento Kings. Like you have him under contract for a few more seasons, and it doesn't seem like sort of Dame's vibe to force his way out. I mean, he might be unhappy, and you assume that the way superstars get traded in this league, that he'll get traded where he wants to go. Should it come to that, but um, what O'Connor points out is that like the the package that that James Harden just got for sort of his his preferred destination in Brooklyn is if the Blazers get to that point to trade Lillard is that's that's what you could expect multiple young players in that case it was Karis LeVert and Jared Allen plus three first round picks plus four first round pick swaps so you're talking about the control of you know outright of three picks and then the control of seven total picks in the package like that's the max you can do and dame's going to if it comes to it like that's what's going to happen so i think when we're sort of um or that could happen like that's that's the level of trade package that is likely the blazers are going to seek and 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 could probably expect to get on the market because dame is a one of the 10 best players in the league and b you you it's not like you have him for a rental or a season and a half or whatever it is like even if you trade for him next summer you'll have three full years on that contract like that's that is really enticing to teams. Um, like I said, I, I think um, I think it's likely that that Dame plays out the season, um, but I think it is like there's certainly a a non-zero chance that he gets traded this summer. Like even like a relatively good chance, like a you know 10, 11, 12 percent chance that he gets traded this summer. Depends on what happens in the draft and free agency. Obviously, this is where we this is where we do Dame trade chatter. Uh, if we get more news, I will read it and I'll relay it to you. If I hear um, the whispers around the league, I'll I'll relay those whispers to you as well. But I, I think like. Moreover, the story here is like is like Damon Lord has massive trade value. Uh, duh, we already knew that, and like the it doesn't sound like the the trade. While a trade is still on the table, it doesn't. Um, there is sort of in inside at least according to O'Connor, there is like some uh, executives around the league that believe that it it might take until next off season, which I, which I think was our perception a month ago. It's just like this, the month of July has been messy for the Blazers and Damian Lord hasn't exactly put out the fires. He has maybe, maybe he hasn't thrown a log on the fire, but he's just watched that thing burn. So I, I, I don't think like a ton has changed here, but I, I think it's worth noting. There are teams that are aggressively pursuing Damian Lord right now. And if, if it comes to it, the, package that that the Blazers would get back would be massive and 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 it would it would signal like I I don't see a situation like if they trade Dame I I assume that they'll try to trade CJ too and like they'll start from you know young players and picks and start over from uh from 
from scraps, for lack of a better word, from the studs is what I've been using. Build up from the studs. Uh, and, you know, if you get the right young players and the right young picks, you can you can pivot. Uh, it's just, it would be a massive pivot and we will uh, we'll get there. But it might we might not get there till next summer. Call me in July of 2022. We might be, we might be doing a similar dance then. Uh, I don't think this is like saying it's not going to happen. It's just providing a little more intel, a little more a little more texture around the biggest story on this team. So make sure you go read Kevin O'Connor's story on The Ringer for more info there. In the second segment, I want to talk about what the Blazers might do in their own free agency. We've got a little bit of news uh, from, uh, from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, and I think that little bit of news comes with some... Uh, some implications about what would happen with the rest of the roster. So let's talk about those implications in the second segment. But first, let's talk about Spotify Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's free to download, and once you're in there, you can talk with me. There's other fans, athletes, other insiders about your favorite sport, your favorite team, the Trailblazers, the NBA, whatever it is. And you can join me this week for the Locked on Blazers chat Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Green Room is the perfect place to sort of get in on the conversation, whether it's with me or with with any other sort of NBA type insider, NBA type reporter, or just your fellow fans. It's a it's a great spot to do that. I really enjoyed using Green Room. Uh, it's it's basically a live version of this podcast. There's a little chat feature. You can uh, ask to speak, and I can bring you on stage. We can go back and forth. If you're a regular listener to this podcast and you've always wanted to like complain to me in real time about some of my hot takes or ask me questions and have me respond in the right there in the moment, Green Room is the place to do it. So download the app. It's available on. Uh, on beta on Android, it's available on all iOS devices. You just create a profile, uh, join the NBA group, and follow me on there at Mike G. Rich. You'll be notified when I go live, and then you can you can hop in there. We can chat. It'll be a ton of fun. Like I said, Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific time this week. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. So we talked the latest Damian Lillard trade chatter. Now it's time to shift gears a little bit and talk about the Blazers' own free agent signings. If Dame doesn't go anywhere, the task is to build a really good team around him and convince him to hang. Or if he wants to hang, the task is the same. Even if he doesn't want to leave, the task is the same. Build a team that can win a championship when you have the best player in franchise history on the roster. And we got a little clarity today about news we saw coming, but I think the implications of this news uh, maybe suggest kind of what's next for the Trailblazers. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports reported today on Tuesday, July 20th, that Norman Powell plans to decline his $11.6 million player option for the season and become an unrestricted free agent. Now, this isn't according to sources. This is Norm Powell himself told told Haynes, yep, I'm going to opt out. Duh. <laughs> like, of course, we've known this. He's going to hit unrestricted free agency. He's going to make up to twice as much money as that $11.6 million player option. He is 28 years old. This is his chance to go get the bag. He's coming off the best season of his career. Like, Norman Powell's going to get paid. He's going to get paid maybe as much as $20 million annually. Uh, someone is is going to, to pay him. But what Haynes says in this report is that the Trailblazers are making... They, he calls him the high flyer, their top priority. I feel like Norman Powell's just like a scorer. I don't think, is the dunking really the thing you know? Like, he's a shooter, too. Like, he's a, he's a, the, uh, the big time scorer, the, the microwave scorer. What's the idiom that you would use to describe Norman Powell? 
the instant offense, ramen noodles of buckets, the easy Mac of swishes. Okay, that's probably enough of those. The point is, uh, is that when Haynes says the Trailblazers are making making Powell the their top priority, to me that suggests that the the Blazers want to trade CJ McCollum. And you say, how did you get that from that tweet? Like, how did a Senate, how did a three paragraph report um, that was basically all captured in the tweet that that sent out the report, like, get you there? Uh, I'm 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 kind of I got my tinfoil hat on on this one. Uh, here's here is my thinking. One, uh, the Blazers, Haynes wouldn't put that the Blazers were um, making. Norm Powell, their top priority, unless someone wanted him to say that. This is sort of media literacy. Whether it's Norm's agent who's trying to drive up the price or the trailblazers who are trying to, like, pledge their loyalty, uh, I'll let you kind of decide who who might do it and why. But uh, to me, it suggests that if, if, if the Blazers have this strong interest, and I think it's been reported, uh, you know, John Hollinger of The Athletic said that it, the most people in league circles suspected that Norman Powell was going to be uh, re-signed by the Blazers. I think I think that is sort of the perception from the outside as well. And if it's the perception from uh, Neil's or from Norm's agency or from the Blazers, like that he's he's their top priority to to bring back. Like sounds like we're you know I called it a coin flip. Sounds like we're pushing well past a coin flip. But in any case, my sort of my my tinfoil hat here is that. The Blazers aren't going to pay Norman Powell to start at small forward next to CJ McCollum and pay this massive luxury tax bill to have the exact same team next year. They're going to re-sign Norm. He's their top priority, and their second priority is a big old trade involving CJ McCollum. No guarantees that that happens. No guarantees. But at my sort of like, um, the implications of this report and this timing and all these things makes me think that like... Uh, Norman Powell is actually step three, <laughs> like resign Norman Powell is step three, and steps one and two are like make these massive trades. Damian Lode has been clear. He, he's putting pressure on the Blazers to dramatically improve the roster in any way they can. One of the ways they can do that is trade their second best player. CJ is the most tradable person on the roster. And then you resign Norman Powell. He becomes your top priority because you have moved on from the other shooting guard. Uh, I don't think the Blazers are going to play a massive luxury tax to have the identical roster. I don't think they're going to pay Norm and CJ together. I don't think you pay $20 million for Norman Powell and $30 million for CJ McCollum. Uh, you can pay into the luxury tax if you if so be it if the sort of roster is a little bit different and you're giving it one last shot for, for Damian Lillard. But I don't think you would do this. I don't think Norman Powell could be a top priority if CJ McCollum is in the plans. That's my tinfoil hat. Of note, John Hollinger uh, has a sort of valuations model, basically uh, that models how much a player would be worth based on how many minutes they're expected to play and how well they would play at, at those in those minutes. And according to Hollinger's numbers, Norman Powell is the third best shooting guard, third most valuable shooting guard is probably the way to say that, third most valuable shooting guard in the market behind Danny Green and Evan Fournier. It's just ahead of... Tim Hardaway Jr., and well clear of the next tier of players, which includes Victor Oladipo, Josh Richardson, Alec Burks. Uh, that shouldn't surprise you. Maybe it surprises you where Oladipo is, but he just can't get healthy. So until he does, he's he's a big question mark. But yeah, I mean, Norman Powell's going to be one of these guys. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's the same age range as, as, as uh, Fournier. He's younger than Danny Green. Um, different type of player than Danny Green. Pretty similar to Evan Fournier, all in all. Uh, and relatively similar to Tim Hardaway Jr. I, I think all those players are right in the same tier. But like, this gives you a sense. Like, it's going to be a guard heavy free agency the best players are guards there aren't a ton of good free agent wings and um wings and bigger forwards and centers and stuff uh it's it's 
it's guard heavy and Norman Powell is among the best guards available, among the most desirable guards available. So I expect Norm to get paid. I think it sounds like the expectation from um, various sources and whispers around the league, according to several reports at this point, is that the expectation is that the Portland Trailblazers will be the ones to pay him. And me reading, reading through the tea leaves, going full divination class, putting on my tinfoil hat, I think if Norman Powell is the Trailblazers' top priority, it means that a, a CJ trade is coming. No guarantees either way. I don't think there's a guarantee that Norm comes back. I don't think there's a guarantee they trade CJ. But I don't think it seems wildly unlikely that both of them are on the roster. Very, very much so. And trading Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell and letting him walk looks bad. It's not, it's not, that's not a good, that's probably not uh, a great outcome either. So I think if Norman Powell's your top priority, it means you have a new starting shooting guard next season in a, for the Portland Trailblazers. In the final segment, let's come back and talk about the NBA Finals, the old Larry O'Brien trophy. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. That's what they're doing. That's what it is. I've been telling you about Built Bar forever, and really nothing has changed. They got so many delicious flavors, so there's something for everybody. Whether you're into the fruit flavors like Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Strawberry, or Orange. Or whether you're into the chocolatey flavors like German Chocolate, Double Chocolate, or Cookies and Cream. Whatever your flavor palette, there's something for you in the Built Bar lineup. Or if you're not sure, you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Try what you like and order more from there. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar that they're healthy too, Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. Listen, compare this to any protein bar. Go, go, if you have a protein bar in your house or your next time you're at the store, compare those macros to any protein bar. I'm telling y'all, Built Bar is just, it's on another level. They taste great. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. They pack a punch. Go get yourself a punch. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more from the same parts when you go to a chain store or a car dealership? You don't have to do that. You can go to Rock Auto, which is a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Plus, the prices are always reliably low, whether you are that do-it-yourselfer or you're a professional mechanic. Rock Auto is not going to discriminate. They're going to hook you up with reliably low prices on Hundreds of parts, hundreds of manufacturers for every make and model. So go explore their easy-to-use website and find a solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond, still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the latest Damian Lillard trade chatter. We talked about Norman Powell as the Blazers' top target, top priority in free agency. 
Now let's talk about the Larry O'Brien Trophy. The Milwaukee Bucks. Your Milwaukee Bucks. America's Milwaukee Bucks. Our NBA champions, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a 50-burger, 50 points and 13 boards with five blocks, an absurd clincher in game six. If you want to know more about this game, go listen to Locked on Bucks and Locked on Suns. Uh, Kane Pittman of Locked on Bucks does a fantastic job. Brandon Clean of Locked on Suns does a fantastic job. In a lot of ways, though, I find the NBA Finals to be bittersweet. Uh, I love I love this stuff. Like, I, I love NBA basketball, but getting to the end of the year is sad because it's over for a little bit. Uh, and the offseason, while intriguing, is not sort of the, doesn't give me the same high that a basketball, that a truly fantastic basketball game does. And uh, what Giannis and the Bucks just did in game six was a truly fantastic basketball game to cap off a really, really fun series. Games four, five, and six of this series were great. They were great games. Uh, great individual performances, two really good teams. And uh, some iconic finishes. The Bucks just were were better in the end. I don't. I don't. Uh, there's. There's no. More, I don't need, need to dive much deeper. But I'll be sad that there's no basketball left. Like tomorrow when I wake up and 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 remember that there are no basketball games for a little while until there's late night Olympic Olympic games. I'll be. I'll be a little bit bummed. Always am when the finals end. But I have two sort of two thoughts here on uh, on the finals. One is. Uh, this season was kind of a bummer, kind of a kind like a bummer. You all know what has transpired in the world over the last 18 months or so. And this season with no fans in the arenas and then, um, teams and players getting COVID and getting sick and missing time, you know, a scary case for Jason Tatum and Fred Van Vliet, pretty scary case for Portland's Nazir Little like that background sucked that sucked there's no way to spin it other than that the compressed schedule made for lower quality regular season basketball than maybe we had been traditionally accustomed to and tons a a huge uptick as my friend and former guest on the show Katie Heindel wrote at uh, uprocks.com for dime a huge uptick in soft tissue injuries we saw a massive increase in 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 Guys just dealing with muscle injuries because the the season was so compressed and all those things. So many games each week, a relentless schedule, not as much time to recover, all, all, all of the sort of challenges of trying to squeeze in a season quickly and get back on schedule amidst the global pandemic brought us. Like, it was a bummer. I don't think there's another way to put it. Like, I love the NBA and I love basketball. It's the thing I probably enjoy most, most consistently in my life. But that, that, the backdrop of that, all of those items that I just mentioned, made for kind of a crappy year. But it also made for this way of talking about the NBA playoffs like, oh, this one is an asterisk playoff. This one is different because, uh, you know, LeBron's not in it and Steph's not in it. And then, oh, and, and all these injuries and all these things happen and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and sure, that, that's true. But what I thought sort of heading into game six was that I was so happy that the NBA finals were good because they kind of erased that talk, the asterisk garbage uh, that, that doesn't make any sense because if this finals gets an asterisk and sure give it one i'll be happy for you to give it one you have my blessing to give this one an asterisk but you got to go back and give the lakers season an asterisk in 2020 
uh, because they played that one in, a, in in the bubble in Orlando. And you've got to give the Toronto Raptors in 2019 an asterisk because uh, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant got hurt. And you've got to give the 2018 Warriors an asterisk because it was an unfair collection of talent after Kevin Durant joined the team during uh, what was a, a strange uh, situation with the cap spike and, and Steph Curry's uh, contract situation from early in his career. you got to give 2017 that same, uh, that same exact asterisk because Kevin Durant joined in that summer and just teamed up with the team that had already won 73 games. Did they really need to add one of the 15 greatest players of all time? You've got to add an asterisk to 2016 because uh, Draymond Green was suspended after LeBron James cried when he hit him below the belt. You've got to give an asterisk to 2015 because Kyrie Irving and, Ke- and Kevin Love got hurt in the finals and the Warriors prevailed against a shorthanded Cavaliers team. And sure, give an asterisk to the 2014 Spurs because in the first game of that series, the the air conditioning broke and LeBron James got cramps. What I'm saying is all of the seasons are weird. All of them are weird. And if we continue to sort of point to the circumstances of our universe as reasons why championships don't count, we don't appreciate what happened. So that's why I started with talking about what a, a bummer this year was. It sure was. And there were sure it was, it was crappy of all with all the injuries and all the, the tough, you know, all the bad breaks um, and, and all the COVID stuff, all of that, right? Like that stinks. Nobody wants that. But every year weird stuff happens. There was no asterisk. So I'm so happy for the Bucks to go out with this emphatic win because it gets rid of all that asterisk talk. And if you see that tomorrow, people trying to like, uh, you know, justify why this championship matters less, tell them to bugger off. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Giannis Antetokounmpo put together one of the great performances we've ever seen. In, an, in, a, in a finals closeout game, joining Bob Pettit as just the second player in NBA history to ever score 50 points in a closeout game in the NBA Finals. He was magnificent and a unanimous and deserving Finals MVP. And it was, it, was an, it was just a delight to watch him, when the buzzer sounded, go find his family to hug and spend a moment on the sidelines just crying and taking it in and then celebrate and scream and and soak in the cheers from the crowd and to see 65,000 people outside Pfizer Forum going nuts for their team and their city. And that's my second thought here. There is a tendency to sort of fan jealousy in these moments. You see a city celebrate, you see a fan base celebrate, and you say, I want that. I want that for my team, the team I root for. We, We want that. Give it to us. And I think that's normal. That happens in every sport. Like there is some, there is, you know, you see just sort of the unbridled, beautiful joy of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Giannis and Bobby Portis and Mike and the much maligned Mike Budenholzer. And you see these, these gentlemen really truly, truly celebrate this accomplishment that was many years in the making. You know, they've been the best, they were the best team in the East for back-to-back seasons as Giannis Antetokounmpo won back-to-back MVPs. He, he decides to stay, sign the max extension and, uh, and they weren't as good as they as they had been in the regular season this year, and they overcame all of that and just kept it rolling. And he and Giannis Antetokounmpo finishes with a fifty piece to close out the finals. And there's this there is a tendency with other fan bases, and I think it would be very normal for the Blazers fan base to say, "I want that for us." And I'm not telling you not to to be covetous of their joy. Uh, you know, try to share in it. I think is maybe a healthier way. But if the, if you see that and say, "I want it," that is normal, and I, I I'm with it. But I think. My like the takeaway here is that there are there are different ways to do this. There are different ways to slice this pie and end up with the championship. It is hard. The Bucks are really good, uh, and then they were still down 2-0 in this series, uh, and, and had to figure it out. Like, and they've got a, a loaded roster uh, to be sure. 
But the Bucks didn't necessarily do this with flashy free agent signings. They built their core, stayed true to their core, and made the big aggressive splash to trade for Drew Holiday after previous point guard Eric Bledsoe wasn't going to get them there, and after they didn't decided not to pay Malcolm Brogdon. Drew Holiday's way better than Malcolm Brogdon, turned out to be okay in the end. But they, they did it... You take a circuitous route here uh, in a way that maybe other champions where you, you know, add Kevin Durant and LeBron James clandestinely add Kevin Durant or LeBron James and win a title. Like there's a lot of there are a lot of paths there. So I hope this Bucks championship um, is, you know, regardless of your covetous of their joy or not, is a reminder that um, there are there are at least at least three different paths to winning an NBA title. And one of them includes patience and loyalty. I don't mean to suggest that as the path forward for the Trailblazers or quite frankly for anyone, but there is, the league has gotten so obsessed with player movement and trades and big time free agency that it was, it's fun to see a team that bet on itself a couple times and still had to go through the trials and tribulations, still had to have some real low points in the playoffs and still had to see, uh, you know, had to have a couple things not work out and, and swing for the fences and kind of have, you know, one last hurrah at it with Drew Holiday. And that's not even to mention that they, they were trying to get Bogdan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and that didn't work out. Like you still other bumps along the way. But it's, uh, it is cool to see, uh, you know, I, I'm not the sort of like anti-free agency or anything or anti-player movement, but it's cool to see a team that, that stuck with what they believed in and stuck with it and stayed, stayed true to the plan, get it done. So I'm happy for the Bucks. It was a joy to watch. A, a, a wonderful NBA Finals capping off what was kind of a, a disappointing NBA season, like a, like believably disappointing considering uh, the world. But the 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 Finals were super fun. I couldn't be happier for Giannis Antetokounmpo and co. Chris Middleton for sure. Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, for weirdo Brooke Lopez, for Crazy Eyes Bobby Portis, for Jeff Teague's cameos. And for the brand, for national champion of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Justin Jackson. And I'm happy for the Suns, too. Not just because they have former University of North Carolina alum uh, Cameron Johnson, but because that team was really fun as well. And the finals delivered and, and sort of gave us the like the send off to a season that 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 we deserved. We deserved as fans. So uh, congrats to the Bucks. Cheers to the Suns. Here we go. Here we go in earnest into the NBA offseason. Uh, we're nine days away as I record this from the NBA draft and just 12 days away from the start of free agency. It's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of the NBA draft, make sure you are listening to the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough, plus our Locked On NBA local experts making selections and trades for your favorite teams throughout this week-long special event. The first two episodes are already up as I'm recording this. The third one will be up by the time you are listening to this, so search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, and music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Check out The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft 2021. That's going to do it for today's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. You can get it wherever you already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. will be there waiting for you. 
Got two interviews to close out the week. Jackson Frank and then Brandon Sprague are both going to be joining me on the show. Make sure you check back and don't miss those. Chatting with uh, some of my friends and, and media members who know the, know and love the league about what's next for the Blazers and the NBA offseason as a whole. So make sure you come back to the pod later this week for those two interviews to close out this one. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.